Hi, I'm Margie and welcome to the Desert Island Dishes podcast. This is the podcast where every week I ask my guests to choose their seven Desert Island dishes. These range from finding out about the dish that most reminds them of their childhood, the best dish they've ever eaten, and of course, the last dish they would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. I know I always say it, but if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And if you would just take a few moments to leave a review, I would be very grateful and it can count as your good deed of the day. I do a lot of cooking for new and expectant parents and my weeks are filled with filling their fridges and freezers with delicious things so that they don't have to think about cooking. As we all know, time is in short supply. So I was really excited to speak to this week's guest about how she juggles being the mother of four with such a busy career and so many exciting things going on work-wise and at home. I love speaking to people from the world of food, but I also love speaking to interesting and inspiring people who are out there doing amazing things and finding out about the food that has shaped their lives and how they got to where they are. I hope you enjoy. My guest today is Clemmy Hooper, otherwise known as Mother of Daughters. She is the woman behind the extremely popular blog, Gas and Air. She is a trained NHS midwife, and her first book, How to Grow a Baby and Push It Out, was unbelievably successful with three reprints before it was even published. And with it, Clemmy has helped thousands of women around the world. She has just released her second book, A Journal of How to Grow a Baby. She is the mother of four daughters, and she's paving the way and flying the flag for a more honest approach to how parenthood is portrayed online. She has been quoted as having said, As a mother, you've got to pick your battles. Sometimes fish fingers, chips and beans is fine for dinner, even if that's twice a week. Kids don't remember the tidy clean house. They remember the fun times. Welcome, Clemmy. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> no, it's so nice to meet you. I really love that quote when I heard it because I think you're so right with or without children. It's really easy to get wrapped up in the day to day and forget the bigger picture and what really matters. Definitely. Yeah. Is that kind of your approach to parenting? I try, I try really hard. Yeah. <laughs> to live <laughs> by my own done. <laughs> Yeah. I posted something a couple of weeks ago, actually. It was a Friday. We did um, like, yeah, sausages, chips and peas for tea. Yeah. Love that. I was winning. I was like, yeah, the kids, kids love that, right? Yeah. They're the favorite. Served it all up Friday. So I was just pouring myself a little gin and tonic and we'd run out of ketchup. Oh, oh my So I'd goodness. gone from like the best mummy to the world's work like there wasn't even like enough you know when you squirt the bottle it's just yeah there was nothing I mean it's inedible without ketchup they (laughs) like I'd serve them (laughs) I mean it was pretty bad and that's that is life that's motherhood one minute you're winning and the next minute your kids hate you in the blink of an eye so I just (laughs) drank my gin and tonic really quickly and had another one yeah that sounds like a very good approach (laughs) let's jump straight into the first desert island dish of the day and that's the dish that most reminds you of your childhood So this dish was something that I would always ask my mum to cook. And it's basically like a beef casserole. Yum. Yeah. I'm going to have to get her to make it for me now I'm an adult. But it was just lovely beef cooked in like a sort of like a gravy sauce. And then it had, she did like thinly cut potatoes and then it had carrots in it. But the potatoes would go all like crispy. And then were they on the top? Yeah. Um, And then um, she'd grated cheese on it. 
It was divine. And I can still smell the smell of that beef cooking on a Sunday. So good. So good. I wanted to ask you actually, asking that question, if in 20 years time, people were to ask your children the same question, what would be the dish that defines their childhood? Oh God, it's, I think it's really changed for if like the generation when I was growing up to my children, because, you know, we get quite a lot of pizza takeaways. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Absolutely nothing wrong with it. But when I was growing up, there was, I can recall having a Chinese takeaway. I remember my sister did really well in her A-levels and we got a Chinese takeaway but it was so rare and we never ate out as much as we do now. Yeah, that's so true. I don't think I had a takeaway until I got to university. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's really <laughs> that's normal. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know why that's happening and what's happening with cooking. Yeah. You'd have to look, after, look into the history of that. Yeah, sounds like a little side project for me. But I really <laughs> try on a Sunday to make that day based around the meal. So I will cook a Sunday lunch, but we'll eat it at five. That's nice. um, And that's normally a roast. So I really hope that my children don't say Domino's. No. <laughs> I, I really hope they say no, We haven't had that as an answer yet. Okay. <laughs> I heard you say that you've never had any body issues or sort of issues with food. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting and possibly makes you a slight rarity, but in a really good way. Yeah. And I wondered, do you think that's to do with the way your mum was about food and about how she talked about sort of diets and that kind of thing. Yeah, she always cooked a meal from scratch. We never had, I mean, again, this is going back to the difference. Ready meals were not a thing. I don't think we even had a microwave. She worked full time, but she always cooked a meal. Sunday, we always had cooked breakfast on a Sunday. Always, like I mean, sometimes she would probably get fed up with the fact that my dad didn't do the cooking, yeah. but she always cooked. She was a really, really, really good cook. She's now on her own. She's widowed and she doesn't really cook so much anymore. Oh, really? And she really hates that and misses it. She has started doing more supper parties, she said, and has enjoyed cooking again. But she says it's really different when you don't cook yeah. by someone else. Cooking for that. yourself is yeah. really different, isn't it? So we always grew up with food being a big focal point. There's, I'm one of three. I'm the youngest of three and home cook food. So we always had really good, nutritious food. But she never was like, this is low fat or this is this. We just had good quality food. And that was the message that she sent to us as a family. And we enjoyed it. It tasted delicious. Yeah. So I think I love food. I like cooking food and I love eating food. Yeah. (laughs) And the times when I have tried to go on ridiculous diets, you know, we've all tried. The special K challenge. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) who thought that eating a sugary bowl of cereal for breakfast, lunch was a great idea. But when Alpen first came out, it was like hailed as the new like superfood. Like everyone was eating it to lose weight. Oh my gosh. And how boring. So boring. So boring. And the same with Rivita. Oh, and cottage cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually hate cottage cheese. Yeah, I, got- <laughs> I don't like the consistency with then the watery top. Yeah, it's got a bad I'm not, texture. <laughs> I'm not down with that. <laughs> um, and also, Rivita is just so drying. Mm. I don't want that. I, I guess it takes a long time to eat. I haven't got it uses up a lot of energy. I've not got time for that. <laughs> Can't um, go to the gym, eat a Rivita. Yeah, so the fatty diets I had tried to try and like lose weight that literally lasted a week. I was so hungry and I hate 
being hungry. Yeah. I'm now hungry talking about being hungry. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're recording this at lunchtime, which possibly is. But I've safe. already planned my yeah. going to go and get some lunch. <laughs> so I'm so excited. Do you get hangry? Oh, God. Who doesn't? Yeah. Hangry is the worst. It's the worst. I'm just and like, I just can't concentrate. No. And I just say now. That seems a good moment to pause and talk about the second desert island yeah. dish. And that's the first dish that you learned to cook. I learned to cook a stir fry. I remember when my mum bought the wok. Stir fries were obviously super trendy, kind of sometime in the 90s. Yeah, I um, guess woks were pretty cool. Yeah, and those kind of restaurants were definitely opening everything I don't know when like Wagamama's open but that that type of food so how old would you have been when you probably like 10 oh right maybe 12 I guess remember the walk and just that art of cooking and my mum used to do a great chicken stir fry often on a Friday and I remember even down to like she'd cut the carrots differently (laughs) so with the casserole that I just discussed she'd cut the carrots very thinly what's that called um julienne now, with this Asian eating, we were having carrots cut lengthways. What's me that? All the technical questions. I thought you know. <laughs> and also, the texture is different. What is the word for that? I don't know. You'll have to put it on the okay. note. Yeah. I'll just you know it. what I'll I'm I'll edit this bit out. <laughs> texture is different. Yeah. It's a revelation. A bit crunchy. <laughs> we're getting soy sauce. It was... And it was quick and easy. And that was definitely one that I then learned to cook as I got older and I was at home more without an adult, you know, coming home from school yeah. and then going to university and having to be a bit more independent. Yeah. I think it is a really exciting moment when you realize that cooking doesn't have to take ages. Yeah. yeah it was just make... like bish posh. Yeah. And it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. So good. Are your girls old enough to be learning how to cook? Well, yes and no. So they can do breakfast, which is obviously nice. cereal in a bowl, yeah. milk. That's they, an important one to teach them, I guess. I like, taught you, yeah. that quite young. <laughs> That's tactics. Um, I taught my older daughter that so she knew how to do it for her little sister. That is very wise. So they're 10 and 7. So example in the mornings, they get up, get themselves dressed, obviously go downstairs and get breakfast while I'm getting the twins up. However, my husband took them to school and nursery this morning and I went downstairs at the kitchen. So they'd had cereal and then they'd had Nutella on toast. Oh. <laughs> which is fine. We're all down with Nutella. Yeah. Don't care. The Nutella is everywhere and the the knife has been left out and it really makes me angry. Yeah, it's quite messy. So they can do it, but they don't clear up. There's no concept of wiping up the Nutella, which is literally smeared on the toaster. Oh my God. (laughs) Better Nutella than golden syrup. I guess. Like the lid just sticks everywhere. Oh, I haven't had golden syrup for years. Clemmy. Is it going to have it on porridge? Oh. It's so good. That's my guilty pleasure. Peanut. Butter or almond butter. Oh, yeah. That's also a good option. Now the weather feels a bit warmer, I'm doing like granola and yogurt. Winter porridge. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it definitely has an impact. Let's go back in time a little bit. So obviously I touched on some of your amazing accomplishments in the introduction, but let's talk a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So it all started when you decided that you wanted to be a midwife. Had you always thought that's what you wanted to do? Always. Yeah. Since I was a child. And so you just it was. loved babies. Loved dolls, loved babies. Was always interested in medical things, but then got really obsessed with pregnancy and birth. Oh, really? Yeah. And once I knew what it was, that was it. That's so cool. And yeah. then when you were actually doing the job, yeah. was it everything you thought it would yeah. be? Really? Yeah. Even when I was training and I thought... I'm never going to know all of this, but I was just fascinated and such an honor to be involved in a woman and her partner in their, their life and a parent. Like it's 
it's really special. Such an honor to be a midwife. I don't, the day I don't enjoy it, you've got to walk away. Definitely. But that's so cool to have thought of something that you wanted to do when you're younger. And now you're actually I doing know. it and you love it. I do that's feel so very, fun. very lucky. Yeah. Is that what they call a true vocation? I guess. It's yeah. a bit of a calling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it does sound like that. Right. The third Desert Island dish is the best dish you've ever eaten. Oh, gosh. That's so hard. I know. And I think it depends on where you are and what's going on. That first cup of tea and toast when I had my first baby, it was like nectar. (laughs) It was just NHS, white toast, butter, probably jam. I mean, after you've had a baby, that tasted amazing. That's a really good answer. Yeah, yeah I can imagine absolutely that. absolutely incredible. But to give a more sophisticated and- answer, <laughs> I never used to really eat red meat. Like I'd have it like in a spaghetti bolognese, but I wouldn't, I'd never have eaten a steak. I didn't like the taste or the flavor. And my husband's a really big meat eater. And he took me to Hawksmoor when I was, I think, we've been together a couple of years. Uh, he'd been with a client and it was a massive treat. We must have gone for an anniversary or something. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm going to do it. I want you to help me like order a steak. And I didn't know what it all was. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. So, I mean, if you're going to do it, that is the place to and do I it. And I think it's probably my favorite restaurant now. Yeah, really? Yeah. I mean, I literally go probably once a year. But if someone said, where do you want to go for your birthday? Yeah. I would probably go there. Your yeah. one steak of the year. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So you got pregnant with your first daughter very early into your career and at quite a young age. That must have been really tough. But I wondered the way that you felt back then, was that the motivation to go on and write the two books that you've written now? I mean, not at all. I (laughs) I mean, as in I wasn't, I was 23. I wasn't blogging. There was nothing. Yeah. Maybe buried deep down somewhere in my psyche, there was motivation to. But as in like looking back on that experience, are you, you're providing women with the knowledge that you sort of wish had been around yeah I mean the thing with being a midwife I mean you have a baby you don't need a book to know what to yeah. do or because you're surrounded by colleagues you can just yeah. ask all the time I guess it was more when my friends started having babies and they asked me what books to read oh yeah that's and so I would true. kind of do a quick flick and like the bookshop and I'd be like oh well where's the book written by the midwives yeah and there wasn't anything current. And that's where I started thinking, modern women need something here that's written by a midwife. Yeah. How much did having your own baby change your outlook on being a midwife? Because it must be, well, obviously you can be an amazing midwife yeah. never having given birth, but yeah. it must add a different dimension. It definitely you- adds a different layer. I mean, I don't think you need to have children to be a midwife. It doesn't make you a better midwife. No. What it gave me was a new understanding of certain things. Yeah. A new empathy towards knowing really what that can feel like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Making me wince. (laughs) So obviously this is Desert Island Dishes and I love talking about food. But I was struck by how in your new book, we talk about the size of the baby at each stage in relation to food. Yeah. (laughs) Which I really love. So there are limes bananas yeah you know that's great and you get on to aubergines and cabbages yeah and then there's a baby watermelon clemmy but <laughs> I guess it's just a better way than talking about golf balls or exactly and it's more or... about weight as well okay oh, that's interesting yeah no I, the new book is gorgeous oh thank you the fourth desert island dish yeah what is your favorite sandwich 
So I have a bit of a thing about sandwiches. I don't really like a sandwich on like soft bread. Oh, okay. Mm. I just find it a bit like, meh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so if my husband's cooking me a BLT, which he is the king of doing, he just gets it so right. That's when I do point. it, everything just falls apart. He says it's all in the layering of where you put the mayonnaise. Yeah. Use it as a glue. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'll always have it on a bagel. Yum. Delish. Yum. So it'd have to be his BLT on a tasty bagel, but I always have avocado in it, which makes that like a platter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've just made that up. If you're going to have the avo, bacon lettuce. Yeah, I like it. You yeah. heard it here first, yeah. everyone. <laughs> so I wouldn't, if I was buying lunch in a shop, I wouldn't choose a soft sandwich. Okay. So what would you, yeah, if you were in a shop? What well, would I think it would have to be something toasted. Like if I, like a, a club or a panini. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite question. (laughs) Okay, so you're working as a midwife. Yeah. Things were going really well. And then you started your blog. Yeah. How long had you been writing your blog before you really started to see that you tapped into something? I think about two years, possibly three. um, Some posts went viral. That must have been exciting. But also super weird. Okay. Like this is pre-Instagram. Yeah. You just don't know when you write and publish a blog. Obviously, you can see the likes the following, the comments on a blog, but you don't really know who's reading it. Yeah, that's so true. I was sharing it on Facebook, so I just kind of thought it was my mates, my yeah. mum being really nice, <laughs> supportive. <laughs> like, whoa, guys, thanks. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> my mum would always make a comment. I'd be like, oh, go mum. <laughs> so lovely. Well, so what did going viral look like back then? Um, just- I think, oh, God, I, I don't know what the stat was, but yeah. it, like, it reached, it, I think it was when you could look at a map and see where it's being shared and okay. all over the world. That's crazy. Like down to South Africa. <gasps> That's crazy. Like it's bonkers. Yeah. Really hard to get your head around. Which you can't always see on Instagram and I tend not to look. Think, yeah, you can't think about that. No. <laughs> so, it, and then journalists wanted to get in touch and get a quote from me for doing various things and that's when it started snowballing. So you sort of became like the go-to midwife because yeah. no one else was really no, doing exactly. what you were doing. Exactly. And I think also that's really interesting like I obviously knew about your blog but I think people don't often see all the work that goes on behind sure. the scenes and the years that you you know you wrote your blog for yeah. two or three years didn't yeah you? exactly exactly nowadays we're sort of set on like overnight success I know and they don't know the backstory I think yeah. people just think you like oh how do you get X amount of followers on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, well, I've kind of been doing this for like seven years now. Yeah, you put in the time. Yeah. <laughs> a bit. And then the dream happened because you got approached by Ebri, the publishers, to write a book. And you said no. I know. <laughs> Tell us about that. So my publisher had been on maternity leave and she'd read my blog and she wanted me to write a book on birth stories. And I went in and had a meeting with them and felt like a total imposter because I was like, why am I sat here amongst these authors who have you know, there's like all the books in the reception area and there's like David Walliams and Dawn French and Catelyn Moran. And I'm like, "Uh, this is weird. (laughs) I think they must have got the wrong person. So they wanted me to do a book on birth stories, but I just didn't feel like it would be my book because it would be the women's birth stories. Yeah. And I was sharing birth stories on my blog and I just didn't want to come away from that. So I said, no, I wasn't ready. I I was scared, so I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I could do it. And they said, okay, cool. And then a year later, they emailed me again. That's so cool. I know. Quite a big deal saying that. God bless my editor, Sam, for like 
sticking it out. And then when you actually signed, that was when you found out you were having twins. Yeah. So that week was the week it all just kicked off. I was like, okay, well, we just don't need to talk about that right now. Yeah. (laughs) But isn't it weird how life happens? I know. Everything just happens at once. I did tell my book agent and she was like, oh, that's brilliant. And I was like, I don't really know if it will, it will work out. Brilliant for the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, God. <laughs> okay, we're on to the fifth desert island dish. And that's the dish you eat the most often. Probably curry. Yeah. Yeah, I love curry. A takeaway? No, no, no. I cook, I'll cook them. Yeah, yeah. I love a curry. Are you into spice? Or? I just love it all. In fact, this weekend, my husband and I have got a child-free night. <gasps> and we're going to the cinnamon club. I've never been... My friend has been and says it's amazing. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. Because I love curry. Like I could now just go and sit in Dishoom all day, actually. Yum. See, we're hungry, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. Um, I love cooking curry. I love the flavors. Like, I would love to go to Sri Lanka and learn how to cook Sri Lankan curries. Yeah. I don't know if I'm necessarily very good at them, but I love, I love making the pastes, you know, that process. Do you have, like, a speciality or... I really like like a Carolyn curry, like a fish curry. There's a Jamie Oliver one, which I'll often do. What I really like about a curry is that you kind of can't mess it up. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's like you can buy the paste now. There's some really good pots now that they just, I can't remember which make it is, but you can buy these curry pots now. So that's the base of the paste. Yeah. Um, but I actually prefer to make it, you know, and it's like seven garlic cloves. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and all the chili I don't find curries that hot though. No? No. I mean, I've never had a vindaloo, but I just, they're not super hot curries. You're quite good with spice. Yeah. And my husband, (laughs) when he'll eat it, he's like, it's quite kick this one. I'm like, (laughs) has it? I think it's my star sign. Apparently Scorpios really like spicy food. But I'm a Scorpio. And you don't like spicy food? I like it, but I mean, I feel the heat. Do you? Yeah. I love them. Yeah. And just like mopping it up with like a gorgeous naan. I don't make the bread. Yeah, this was a mistake to do this at lunchtime. No, should we go and have lunch? Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, you have a lot going on in your work life and having four children, I can imagine is not a walk in the park. Are you the one that does all the cooking at home? Uh, yeah, I would say I am. Yeah. The thing with my husband is if I said to him, oh, can you just make something? Like can go look in the fridge. He couldn't do it. He couldn't come up with something. But if I give him a recipe, so he's amazing at cake. Oh, really? Baking. Yeah, because he's so oh, handy. He's got a scientific brain that he can follow a recipe, but he's worried if he, if I ask him to make a curry, chucking in the wrong thing. Yeah. And he'd be like, paprika. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, that's so true. He couldn't do that. Well, that's so handy with four daughters. He can make all the cake. I know, but he sets the standards so high. Oh. <laughs> and then he's in competition with himself and it all becomes a bit of a nightmare. Has he ever done like a really ambitious one? Always. Oh. Every birthday. <laughs> I remember when I was, I think it must have been about six, and my mum made this amazing toadstool cake. Oh, yes. Yes, it was amazing. And then I cut into it, and I had two cans of baked beans, like, stacked on top of each other. That was how it was. She was like, don't show anyone else. Don't show the friends. (laughs) I think I I cried. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) What kind of cook are you? Like, with having that number of children, do you sort of have to plan for the week ahead do you just sort of fly by the seat of your pants? Often, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh, those chicken breasts, I might just marinate them and then make the kids like a nice chicken casserole and it yeah. gets to five o'clock and they're like, we're hungry. And then I can't be bothered. Yeah. I've probably got lazier because I've got more children. Well, yeah. And I can imagine just time disappears. Exactly. And like the two-year-olds don't necessarily want to eat it and the 10-year-old's really fussy. One of my second daughter 
eats everything. So we'll go out for lunch and she orders mussels and chips. Really? Yeah, loves it. Ten-year-olds really fussy. Two-year-olds, they just don't eat very much two-year-olds anyway. They throw so much on the floor. Yeah. And that kills me. I'm like, oh, I'm just like (laughs) slaved over that. Are you a bit of a neat freak? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very much a neat freak. But you know what? Beans on toast with grated cheese is a winner. And I do find that sometimes, like if Simon's working late, I'll have dinner with the kids. Like I was saying sausage, chips and beans. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Love that. Because I think like beans on toast with cheese has, I don't know, nostalgia yeah it's delicious but i somehow you feel guilty like it's not a proper meal but yeah. it is it has oh it god has chicken kiev chips and beans oh yes now you're looking for me i know <laughs> so after you've written your first book it had to be reprinted three times before it was even published yeah apparently crazy <laughs> like did it feel real? Like, could you believe no. how many people were buying your book? No, because numbers is, you know, when you don't see it, if there was 30,000, whatever, how many it sold, I think it's 30,000. It's crazy. Like, if I saw that in a field. Yeah. But, you know, you can't. But what I love seeing is on Instagram when people share their pregnancy and then they post a picture of the scan in my book. That's so nice. I know, really sweet. Amazing. Yeah. Are all the other midwives that work a bit jealous? I really don't think they are. I think they're just like, how do you have time? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so supportive. I don't don't think they really know much about like what I do on the side. Yeah. You know, at work, you don't really have time to even talk like that. You're just so focused on being a midwife. Yeah. Oh, such an amazing job. Okay. We're on to the sixth Desert Island dish and that's your go-to dinner party dish. So I bought a slow cooker. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah, my granny gave me some vouchers from John Lewis and um, I bought a slow cooker and I was like, I'm going to get into it. So I'm just getting into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so we've moved out of London now. So lots of people are coming to stay with us. So I'm trying to do like a different recipe every time they come. It's really clever. Yeah. What have you cooked so far? Curries. Yeah. Obviously, I've done like spaghetti when I to the kids. Okay. I find the meat ones are the best because... The way the meat goes, but I yeah. did like it was kind of like an Asian pork belly. So yes, you don't even need to marinate it. I was shocked at how much sugar had to go. In. Oh yeah, I know. Palm sugar. That's the crazy thing about cooking, isn't it? You I do know. see like every single ingredient that goes in. Cakes, yeah. I don't want to see the sugar. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, "What? All this palm sugar?" But oh my god, it was so good. And then you take it out after six hours. Then you put it under the grill. Because it's obviously quite, not soggy, but it's, yeah. Like the fat. Yeah. Put it under the grill. And then I served it with sticky rice and like kind of Asian greens. It was so good. That sounds amazing. It was really good. No wonder you've got loads of people coming to stay with you. I know. I think I set the standard a bit high. Yeah. Word is out. (laughs) And then do you serve a pudding? Well, this is another thing. I don't like cooking puddings. I think I'm a bit scared of sugar because I'm scared I'm going to burn something. Okay. Have you ever like bought, I'm sure you have, maybe not, like a jar of like a bolognese. There's a Lloyd Graceman one, which is just like a tomato and basil. We've always got those in the cupboard for like, if the kids want just like pasta and red sauce. Yeah. But it's obviously got so much sugar in it because you take your eye off it and it catches and burns. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. Yeah, it is um, scary. So <laughs> we did a dinner party once and I just totally, f- I focused so much on the table presentation, the stars, the mains. I just forgot about the pudding. Oh, I thought you were going to say you forgot about the food. No, no, no. <laughs> I focused so much on that I forgot about the pudding. Oh, well, that's okay. But I laid the table and put spoons out. Oh. <laughs> now, you could argue that there was a rice course, so you could have 
had. Yeah, that's their fault. Yeah. Not using the right receptacle. And um, one of the guys, my friend's husband was like, oh my God, what's the dessert? I love dessert. And I was just like, so I just like kind of found some cheese and like, luckily I had some grapes and pears and I just, oh, we're actually just going to have a cheese course. Yeah, cheese is. I never cook a dessert. Last weekend we had friends staying. I just bought those goo pots. Oh yeah, those are great. I've got so many ramekins though. Oh yeah, I yeah. know. They, they really I would up. love to learn too because I love dessert. Whenever in a restaurant, I always get dessert. Probably because we don't eat it at home. Yeah, but I think that's the thing about dinner parties, isn't it? We You go all puts, out. Well, yeah, but also everyone puts quite a lot of pressure on themselves. But no, you know, you're meant to have a nice time at the dinner parties. Well, if a friend as, says, three can courses I, is quite a lot. Can I bring the dessert? I'm like, yes, yeah. you can. Do you know what? Just a packet of arthritis on the table is fine. Yeah, there's Often people are quite drunk by the time yeah, that comes. <laughs> you can get away with it. And arthritis. Oh my God, a retro. Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. Love them. <laughs> Absolutely love them. A lint ball. Oh. I haven't had a Ferrero Rocher for a while. But... It's quite a big um, gift for a midwife, like after you've given birth. Oh, really? Birth. Yeah. I love a Ferrero Yeah, they're good. Can you not? They're really good. Mm. Okay. So the new book, yeah. which by the time everyone listens to this will be out yeah. and I've had my hands on it for a few weeks and it's Aww. gorgeous. They're like, I've learned a lot oh. and I probably should have been much more sympathetic to my sister, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it has some recipes in it, including some lactation cookies. It does. And I, are they safe for everyone to eat? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I hope, yes, they are. They've been checked. Okay, great. I mean, they won't cause everyone to lactate. No. So. <laughs> this is an important question is Mm. the whole eating for two thing a myth yeah totally right okay apart where did that start pregnant with twins i guess would be the only one yeah um it probably started when women had less access to good quality food probably back in the well definitely pre-war and post-war do you ever watch Call the Midwife? I haven't got into it. Oh my I need, goodness. No, I need I need, to, no. It's been on my list. Of, it's really good. But it's, there are so many seasons. I'm kind of scared to get it's started. Eight. Yeah. But you could just Netflix it. I know, but I'll Is just be Netflix? in a hole for like three weeks as I watch no, you it. You need to commit don't to you? prepare myself. So I guess then, you know, people had less yeah, access to good quality food. And so I, I'm going to look up where it came from. Okay. Who advised it? Probably doctors and midwives. Yeah. But it's a complete... Okay. You shouldn't eat for two. Okay. You just eat exactly the same portions because what happens is, and I guess this comes from better understanding of anatomy and pregnancy, the placenta, so the baby will take what it needs. Okay. So you and don't the need rest. to eat a double portion. And then you're left with the rest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and obesity is also a massive issue. Yep. So I wanted to ask you, Yeah, you've built an enormously loyal and engaged following and you're very open and honest about your life. Yeah. But I wondered, do you think there's an element of when people are successful or they build these big followings, they're sort of held to a higher level of account, especially when it comes to parenting? I think the the tricky thing with parenting, no matter if you've got 500,000 followers or 50 followers, is that you will be judged. Yeah. And it can be in the supermarket, at a playgroup, at school. Yeah. And it seems to be the one topic that everyone feels they can judge you. Mm. And everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion. And I think if you're going to ask for people's opinions, you have to accept, you know, that people are going to give you lots of opinions, but then you need to make the decision yourself. I don't necessarily ask people for many parenting tips now, not because I'm an expert at all, but between my husband and I, we muddle through. With the twins, I definitely started connecting and following more twin mums. 
um, online because I found that fascinating. Yeah. And I'd be like, is this normal? Yeah. <laughs> but again, I think you have to just go with your instinct. You know, people ask me things sometimes and I'm just like, don't ask me that. Like, when shall I wean my baby? Oh, no. I'm like... You never said you were an expert. In- and I think that sometimes it can be difficult when people see you as this expert. Oh, you've got four children. You must be an expert. Yeah. I'm learning every second of the day. Yeah. The new big thing we've got with the twins is that we've never dressed them in the same clothes ever. It's just never been a thing. Yeah. I, I don't like it personally. I know lots of people do. I don't like it. They're, they're identical, but they are completely different. They are their own person. So I thought day one, never dress them the same. Yeah. Also, they can always be told apart that way. Yes, that's very useful. But now they want exactly what the other one has. Oh, do they? Exactly. So even down to like their trainers this morning, I've got some Converse for them. One pair in white, one pair in pale pink. But they want what each other have got. And it's really now getting complicated. So and I'm now like, should I have just dressed them? No, we've got this far. We will not dress them the same. If one has a clip, they want the hair clip. No, but I guess that's the thing, isn't it? With parenting, there is no rule book. Like nobody knows I mean, what they're doing. Keep even them alive, yeah. <laughs> Feed them, love them, you know, nourish them, respect them. But everyone is going to have a different angle. Yeah, that's what makes us as adults individual. What shaped us as children, and that's what makes us also different and unique. Yeah. And how amazing! Yeah, so true. Unique snowflakes. I like that. <laughs> Why snowflakes suddenly are really big? Oh. They are kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're on to the final seventh desert island dish. And that's the last dish you would choose to eat before being cast off to the desert island. Um, it would probably be... Oh, it would probably be a really amazing breakfast. And what all would of it, it consist of? Um, bacon. Maybe some chorizo. De- no, definitely some chorizo, not maybe avocado like grilled tomatoes just taste of grilled tomatoes yeah like they've got to have like a blackened you know that bit on it not white beans really good thick um white toasted bread like a sourdough for like mopping up tabasco oh i love spice yeah (laughs) i'm now like (laughs) my mouth is watering (laughs) um mushrooms massive portobello mushrooms i don't want any of these little button ones and then cooked in garlic butter. Oh, yeah. I just love flavor. Yeah. That's Are you hungry? My whole mouth is just filled with saliva. And an ama- <laughs> a pot of tea. Excellent. That, that's a really good choice. And then you're set for the day. Yeah. Anything that that and island throws you. for a good, like, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're sorted for the journey. And you're allowed to take with you one luxury item that oh. can be anything you like. A food item. It can be anything. Oh. I would probably, well... I don't want to take my phone, but I would want it for my podcasts because I'm now completely addicted to podcasts. Well, yeah, we can. So my headphones. Phone, yes, we can do that. Okay, easy, thanks. Easy. Thanks so much for letting us oh, do your desert island thank dishes. You. <laughs> Apologies if that made you really hungry. I think my tummy rumbled the whole way through that one. So I'm very sorry if the microphone picked that up. I don't think that's possible, is it? Because this was a kind of parenting special this week, I have a special treat for you if you've listened this far, and that is a pretty spectacular discount code for Willa and the Bear. Hattie is the founder, and she is my sister. And as International Siblings Day was this week, it seems apt to tell you about her. 
Willa and the Bear make the most beautiful bedclothes and bedding for babies and children. And if it was acceptable for a grown woman to walk around with her own muslins, I truly would. <laughs> but if you have babies or you know anyone having babies, do go and have a look at Willa and the Bear. And you can use the very special discount code DID25. Come and say hi on Instagram. I'm at Made by Margie. I will see you there. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.